Good morning. Today is Thursday, September 3rd, 2020. Yesterday, I participated in a medical briefing for rabbis that was led by Dr. David Kayser. He is one of the experts at Montreal Public Health. So that means that he is not only an expert and a specialist in uh, public health, in COVID specifically, but also very specifically in terms of what is happening right here, right now in Montreal, in our community. We asked him, what is the outlook over the next couple of months, this fall, this winter? And he told us um, it's impossible to predict. He said, uh, we will only know when we get there. He said, what is clear is that there will be fluctuating levels of transmission that will be impossible to predict beforehand, but that will depend on our behavior. And of course, the essentials have not changed. Masks went around others, both inside and outside, two meters distance at all times, at least. Family gatherings have caused a lot of illness over the summer and including now and potentially for our holidays. And so it is extremely important to remember the 10-3-2 rule. A maximum of 10 people from a maximum of three households maintaining two meters distance at all time. That applies both inside and outside and also masks whenever it is possible. So for this Yom Tov, the idea of gathering our whole family, uh, gathering friends um, is not safe. And I would urge that we do not do that this year. The day before yesterday, I participated in another medical briefing. This one was organized by the rabbis of the RCA and it was, we were addressed by the United States Surgeon General, Jerome Adams. And he said to us, again, the same advice, um, you may know that uh, cases of COVID have risen in recent days here in Montreal in the Jewish community. And there is a uh, worrying rise in cases in the New York metropolitan area in Jewish neighborhoods. He said to us, people will, hear, will heed your advice in ways they won't heed my advice as a Surgeon General. You play, speaking to the rabbis, you play a critical role in response to the pandemic. Then he said, as a parting message, he said, this will not be forever. It's important that you as faith leaders make your communities understand that, reassure them that this is temporary. And he finished with this line, no one knows more than the Jewish people that you have the capability to sacrifice for the longer term gain. 
And that is true. When we put our minds to it, we do have the ability to sacrifice for the longer term gain. Unfortunately, at least at the moment, there are too many people who are not listening. They're not listening to me. They're not listening to Dr. Kayser. They're not listening to Surgeon General Adams. They're not listening to a whole bunch of people. And as I mentioned, we are seeing a rise in cases in our community. And with schools opening over the last few days, this in itself could have a huge impact on moving forward. And we will not know what that impact is for a few weeks. There is a, an aspect of human nature that we see at play that is particularly dangerous. Dr. Aaron Carroll points this out in a recent article in New York Times, and he says that the, the way human nature works is we see things are easing. People are going back to work. People are going back to school. Kids are going back to school. So that means that things are less serious. So that means that we can start to get back to normal. So, for example, children will say, well, if I can go to school and I'm with my friends at school, why can't I go visit with my friends after school? If um, uh, I'm able to go to Minion now, at shul, yes, okay, it's outside and I have to wear a mask and it's okay with all the precautions, but once I could do that, so maybe it's okay to have a few more friends over for a Shabbos meal inside. The thinking needs to be exactly the opposite. When there is one area in which we have loosened restrictions, we need to increase restrictions in other areas because this is not over by any means. And the situation, let's just say in Montreal right now, is critical. Yes, the numbers are down, but it is critical. You have a crazy thing like some people uh, singing karaoke in a bar and all of a sudden more than 40 people are sick. Read the news of what's happening in college campuses across North America. College campuses with thousands of positive cases over just a few days. It's a very precarious situation. And if there is a loosening of restrictions in one area, such as kids going back to school, we need to be more careful in other areas because the problem is too many of us look at these protective measures as all or nothing. Either everything is shut down, everything is prohibited, we stay home alone, or it's over and we can go back to normal. That's just not true. The truth is, every aspect of behavior adds up. So every time I wear a mask, I reduce risk. Every time a person does something that is a looser, a loosening of restriction, that adds risk. We need to make sure that we are not going too far in the direction of loosening restrictions and giving people the false idea that somehow everything is fine. Dr. Carroll writes, 
instead of asking why, can't, why we can't do certain activities, we might consider what we're willing to give up to do them more safely. So if you are going to do something that has a slightly higher level of risk, balance it with being more careful in another area. Just to give an example, um, if, um, if a person may have, let's say, a family simcha coming up and they're going to be around a few more people than usual with precautions and with masks and with guidelines, etc., but take a couple of weeks beforehand and be more careful. Stay home. Don't go around other people because the more people you've been around, the more chance that when you get around your family members, chas something terrible could happen. So we need to be able to balance it. We need to think about what we're willing to give up in order to be able to do what we want to do. I will tell you personally, I'm certainly concerned about Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur here at Adath. And as you know, we have very strong guidelines in place, but I still stay up at night worrying about it. Personally, I can tell you, I have already reduced my activity. I don't see people. I don't go out. I'm not going to stores. I'm basically in this uh, office uh, for, you know, for 14, 16 hours a day. Um, I'm getting a lot of work done, but I'm really trying to reduce other kinds of interactions that maybe if nothing else was going on, so okay, so I'll go to the store once in a while, I'll pick something up, but I'm not, do I'm not doing that because I know that there go there's going to be this, this period of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, and no matter what precautions I take, I'm going to be around a lot of people. I'm still going to be distanced. I'm going to have a mask, etc. But, but we have to balance it. There is a lot of infuriating news, enraging news. From my point of view, particularly about Jews breaking the law, threatening to bring down the Israeli government if large groups of Jews are not allowed to go to Uman. I don't want to talk about this too directly because I have quite strong feelings about this subject to begin with. But to do something that is a clear-cut danger to themselves and their families and their friends when they return. And as I have mentioned before, at a certain point, when a person chooses one practice and takes that as the most important and everything else is subservient to that, including protecting life, it becomes an idolatry. That's, there's just no other word to use for it. It becomes an avodazara. It is infuriating to me, enraging to me, the instances recently in recent weeks and days of large Jewish weddings violating all the guidelines here, New York, Israel, and those events have become super spreader events. People who lie in order to leave and return to Canada to avoid quarantine, just simply lie about why they're going. They put themselves at risk. They put their children at risk. 
They put their children's school at risk. They put their friends at risk. It is a monstrous level of selfishness. So-called religious people lying about having tested positive and needing to isolate because they want to do what they want to do. But we're at a momentous moment because right now schools staying open hangs in the balance. It's not at all clear that schools will stay open. Shul's having Minyan for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur hangs in the balance. It is not at all certain that we will be able to go ahead with our plans. It depends on how we behave. And it is terribly frustrating that people who otherwise seem to us to be nice or intelligent or religious are in this area acting against all Jewish principles and values. And on top of that, for me to even speak about this is counterproductive because we're now learning about the backfire effect. So the backfire effect means that for some people, the more objective evidence you present to them, the stronger their ideologically grounded false beliefs become. And at a certain point, there are no facts. So what are we supposed to do? So I learned something from a woman that I admire and enjoy and quote to you quite frequently, Sarah Tuttle Singer. And I want to share just a short piece of something that she wrote. She wrote about, she has two children, and she wrote about their first day back at school in Israel. She comes to school. They've been given all the guidelines. Children have to wear masks. Her children are wearing masks. They come to the school, and greeting them at the school is a band singing loud singing loudly. Now, this is like the, the olive bays of all this. Singing loudly without a mask is the most dangerous type of spreading that there can be. And here she is bringing her kids to school, which is supposed to be a safe space, which has rules against this behavior. And she brings, and her kids are wearing a mask. She's wearing a mask. And they have these, these, these men who are playing instruments and singing. The most risky behavior that there is. So she's like flipping out. And the police are there. And the police are there. So she goes over to the police, who it's literally the job of the police to make sure people keep their mask on and to give fines to people that do not have their mask. So she says to them, isn't there a law about wearing masks? And the police officer says to, to her, uh, yes, there is. So, uh, so she says, well, so why aren't you doing anything about these people that are up there singing without masks? And they shrug. And so she yells at them, do something. And they shrug again. Apparently, doing their job isn't their job. 
Then she writes, these are our schools where people are supposed to help teach our kids to become decent, socially conscientious human people. And look how the leaders around them, the police, the principal, the teachers, are all violating the rules that they themselves have set up. I walked away feeling like I was sending my kids to a grim and desolate future. I felt heartbroken and powerless and angry and terrified. Now listen. And then I realized something. And I need to realize this. Maybe it'll be beneficial to you, but I need to realize this. And then I realized something. I'm quoting her words. And then I realized something. You can't change stupid. You can try to educate ignorance, but you can't change stupid. And above all, you can be the change you want to see. And kids learn from example. I am their mother and I have the power to set the example for them. So I'll keep wearing my mask because I need my kids to see that this is how we need to be in the world now. And I don't trust the leadership but I trust myself to do the right thing and show my kids that preserving human life is of the highest importance. Our kids, all kids, are watching and we may feel powerless as the world implodes and others act like fools, but we actually do have power to be the change we want to see for a healthier and more compassionate world. We do have power. We don't necessarily have power to change the minds of people who refuse to listen to reason, to expert advice, to halakha, to Torah. Maybe we don't have that power. But we have the power to do the right thing ourselves. We have the right, we have the power to be the role model for ourselves and those around us. We have the power to choose to do what is right, what we know to be right. And that is what we need to do. have a great day and I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.